Welcome to the show. You are now part of Reveal, the revenue intelligence podcast powered by Gong. We're your hosts, Devin Reed. And I'm Sheena Badani. Revenue intelligence is a new way of operating based on customer reality instead of opinions making data-driven decisions based on facts instead of opinions or guesswork. And it's made up of three success pillars, people success, deal success, and strategy success. You know, the things all revenue teams need and care about. Every week, we interview senior revenue professionals and they share their stories and insights on how they leverage revenue intelligence to drive success and win their market. You'll hear how modern go-to-market teams win as a team, close revenue with critical deal insight, and execute their strategic initiatives, plus all the challenges that come along with it. Hey everyone, Devin here. Instead of taking the week off for the holiday, we decided to share Sheena's interview with Jeffrey Moore from our annual conference, Celebrate, the Revenue Success Summit, back in October. Because if you're anything like me, you listen to even more podcasts during the holiday break with all the traveling to family or lounging around sipping cider with revenue on your mind. For those who don't know Jeffrey, he's an icon in the tech industry, primarily known for his massively successful best-selling book, Crossing the Chasm. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. So with that said, enjoy hearing from Sheena and Jeffrey Moore and happy holidays from the Gong family. Hi everybody, this is Sheena Badani with Gong. And I am here with Jeffrey Moore, world-acclaimed author, speaker, and advisor. It's a real pleasure. Nice to be here, Sheena. And we're here at Celebrate, our first annual industry conference. So it's been a real fun day of celebration. Seemed like you were crushing it, really. I don't know about me. No, really involved audience and obviously a lot of great content. (laughs) It's been fun. It's been fun. Good. So I, I think everybody knows you for Crossing the Chasm. And it's one of the books that probably everybody in tech, if you haven't read it, you must read it. It is it has become like a cult classic. Did you ever guess that that was going to happen, the acclaim, once you, before you started writing that book? It was really funny. I wrote that book. Actually, the first, the first copy of the first edition came out in 1991. Um, no, I mean, in fact, the deal with the publisher was, I said, how much would you have to sell to break even? They said, I think, 2,500 copies. And I said, well, what would be a great success? And they said, anything over 5,000 would be fabulous. <laughs> and so I said, well, if it's over 7,500, could we raise the royalty? And they said, sure. And it's actually sold over a million copies. So. Wow, that's but amazing. It, it's just kind of, I think it's because the B2B sales thing with technology, that model has just held up. Mm-hmm. A lot of things have changed, but that one's actually been able to hold up. For those who may not be familiar, maybe you could give a little bit of an overview of, you know, at a high level, what does it mean to cross the chasm and sure. who are those different personas that you may be selling yeah. to? Yeah. So this is all work around something called the technology adoption life cycle. And the model says that different stages in the, in the uh, evolution of a technology, different personas take the lead in adopting it. So at the very beginning, there are technology enthusiasts who are like the very first, and they just want to know how it works. And mm-hmm. they just, they, it's a passion of theirs, almost like a hobby. And then the visionaries who say, if I'm the first to adopt this new paradigm, I can maybe use it to completely outcompete my peers in my industry, they're very, they're very interested in like, taking leapfrog successes. And they create something we call the early market. Mm-hmm. And then the pragmatists and the conservatives make up the bulk of the market. And pragmatists are people who say, I'll do it when I see other people doing it. Sure. And conservatives say, I'll do it when I have to. Um, but both of them are, neither of them are, are willing to actually be those early adopters. And so the chasm was that gap between the early adopters who are happy to go first and the pragmatists who are saying, man, I need to see more evidence before I go. 
and we were losing a lot of technology companies in the middle of that. So the crossing the chasm strategy was, how could you land on the other side of the chasm mm -hmm. successfully? Mm -hmm. Which is super tough. It's probably one of the hardest things for any high growth technology companies. Well, what's hard about it is you've built this technology for a very broad range of applications, and the strategy says, I want you to focus on one and only one use case. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a, a painful, compelling use case, and I want you to generate a, a complete reference base in that one use case as a it's almost like winning the New Hampshire primary. Mm -hmm. If you win that first primary, you can then jump. It's not like New Hampshire has a lot of delegates. Yeah, yeah. Sa same idea. Interesting. What <clears> advice <throat> would you have for sales leaders in regards to crossing that chasm, right? How do we think about who we're selling to? How are we selling? How are we positioning um, as we're shifting from those people who are super eager and they're ready for new technologies and those that are right, you know, not. not as keen? In the, the model, we identified four kind of stages in the life cycle where I think you'd want to say, I'd want a slightly different sales team leader in each of the four stages. Mm. So the, 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 the early market, you're looking kind of for that evangelical salesperson who's inspirational, can connect with visionary and get excited. And you have to give them the freedom to develop a very uh, unconventional deal. It should be a large deal, but it will have a lot of services and a lot of extras that you would normally not approve. So therefore, you have to have somebody pretty senior doing that. Right. The crossing the chasm one, where you have that one use case, you're actually, ideally, if you had one person that came out of the customer base who'd done that use case as a customer, and now would it sell it for you as a, as a, as a salesperson, that's invaluable to the whole sales team because that person says, Look, well, let me tell you what this person's dealing with. Here's how you want to sell it. Here's what they're worried about. Mm -hmm. That is really, really valuable. We call it domain expertise. In the tornado, which is when everybody, now everybody goes, well, if I don't get in now, I might be left behind. Yeah. That's all about having the classic salesperson who qualify, qualify, close, close, qualify, close, qualify, close. You're trying to capture as much of the market as possible during this period when everybody's coming in. Mm -hmm. The final one, Main Street, is more about keeping your install base involved. And there the, the, the customer success motion is increasingly important mm -hmm. to, to make sure that the customer is ready for cross-selling and upselling, and, and frankly not churning out of your install base. Mm -hmm. And that personality is much more empathetic, more customer-oriented than product-oriented. So each, person, each stage, there's a slightly different cast. You, you, can't, you can't actually swap out your teams, yeah. but you might say... But, you know, you should come to the fore in this stage, but you should come to the fore in that stage. How do you think about preparing the team for these major transitions? And it, I would imagine it could take many months, uh, you know, even years as you're evolving through those stages. It's interesting. Now, they're, they're actually, as you might, with everything else in tech, it's actually foreshortening. It's yeah. happening quicker. Yeah. But it's not just the sales team. Because the way you do lead generation, the way you do um, uh, uh, product fulfillment, the kind of contracts you write, um, the way in which you v validate business value received, all of it changes with each of those four um, sort of paradigms, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I think what you have to do as a sales leader is say, well, I can't do everything all at once. So which of these four is probably the sweet spot for us this year? Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, in my patch... So if you have EMEA or APAC, it might be very different than if you have North America. Uh, or if you're in financial services, it might be very different than real estate or enterprise and small business. I mean, this all could be very different. Mm -hmm. But for your patch, you say, this is the play that I'm going to give my most attention to. If I ha at the margin, I'll hire people that are best at this play. I will still have to be able to do the other plays, but I need to get, you know, I, gotta, I need to double down somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
when you kind of look at the you know the range of companies that you've worked with and advised and interacted with, are there some companies that come to mind when you, where you think of oh they did like a great job crossing the chasm? I don't know if you can even yeah, no, no, <laughs> describe no, it like well, that. Well, so actually, the irony is each time that I have so I've revised the book. There's a, it's in its third edition. Each none of the book, none of the frameworks changed at all. Yeah. But all the examples had to change. Yeah. So the latest one I did in 2014. So it was, you know, how did Salesforce cross the chasm? How did Workday cross the chasm? Mm -hmm. How did VMware cross the chasm? How did Box cross the chasm? So so and all those companies have done it, did it very well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, but I think the key, the unnatural act is that act of focusing on that niche market when in fact you know, I mean, VMware is a virtual operating system, right? Salesforce is for every salesperson in the world, right? I mean, so, so how, do, how do I get the, that, that ability to focus? You just had Gainsight here, mm -hmm, okay? Mm -hmm. So customer success, well, everybody's got to have customer success, yeah. but, but they focused on the SaaS companies first because churn is death to a SaaS company. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I think that's what you want with that crossing the chasm moment is find somebody who's who's really desperate for a solution and it will work with you to get you across the chasm. It'll actually pull you out of the chasm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But only if you commit. you got to yeah. commit to their problem 100%. Definitely. Uh, I found it interesting that you actually started uh, you know, your career in sales and marketing and have shifted now to be an advisor, author, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, you know, that transition yeah. and your days back in sales. Sure. Like, What do you love and but, miss about that time? Well, first of all, I started as an English professor, so let's just ah. be clear, with a degree in medieval and Renaissance literature. Not as close to tech as you might think, <laughs> but we, we moved back to the Bay Area. I wanted to, uh, we wanted to live here. I joined a software company as a training director. I pushed myself into sales. The irony of me in sales is I, I am really good at opening and pretty bad at closing. <laughs> so very quickly somebody said, marketing. <laughs> so, I, so my move to sales, but, but I sold enough that I had a lot of empathy for the salesperson because, because the salesperson is the biggest risk taker in any company. Mm -hmm. You go into a situation, you really have no, I mean, you have no armor. You, if, if the customer likes you, you're in. If the customer doesn't, you don't. And, and basically your success and failure is visible to the entire company. There's no place to hide. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really respected the integrity of that. And, uh, and I think also the importance of a salesperson, they're, your, they're the ambassador. I mean, they're the person that sets your company's image in, a, in an account. So, so I had a huge respect for them. And, I, and I, so when I went into the marketing role, I, I kind of brought that with me. I yeah. think that was important. Yeah, that empathy is so critical. Yeah. Uh, so today at our conference, we uh, unveiled Revenue Intelligence, which is all about how revenue leaders can and should be operating based on facts and data and the true customer reality instead of making decisions based on opinions and gut feeling, which is so common. I'd love your perspectives on uh, you know, your view on that and how does that resonate with companies who may be trying to cross the chasm, that right. you know, reliance upon data. Right. So it's really interesting. And the, the more you get into the life cycle, the more important data is. At the beginning of a life cycle, frankly, you don't have very much data. Yeah. And it is about gut feel and it is about opinions. And, and basically the way you solve that problem is you act on your opinion, which is often wrong, mm -hmm. but you then course correct very quickly. So mm -hmm. it's fast, fail, correct, fast, fail, correct. When you're crossing the chasm, the, 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 the idea that you can still get away without having data, I think in the sense that revenue uh, uh, intelligence would have it, 
but what you, you have to have incredibly strong anecdotal data about the domain, the, the very specific use case you're going after. But, but it's when you get into the tornado and you get into the real battle for market share, yeah. it's so easy for you to put your troops on the wrong, in the wrong markets at the wrong time or to waste time on certain accounts or even on certain salespeople or certain sales motions. And, and now becoming data-driven, and particularly because the, the time is compressed, you don't have time to sort of fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. You can fake it till you make it at the early market, but not in what we call the tornado. Yep. And, and by the time you get to Main Street, the customer just expects, if you don't know me, if you don't know me by now, you will never, never, never know me. I think that's a, that's yeah. a song lyric. Yeah. yeah, that's how the customers feel on Main Street. So if you don't have revenue intelligence then, it's like, please go home. Very true. The yeah. customers have super high expectations yeah. now, and the fact of being able to be agile, make decisions while you're in motion. Um, totally important. So and, critical. And, and so the difference in the tornado and Main Street, the, the third and fourth one, is the in a tornado, the, the real problem with not having enough data or not using data-driven decision-making is the opportunity cost of being in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In the more mature market, it's the churn cost of not meeting the customer's expectation. Right, definitely. Well. I really enjoyed our conversation, Jeffrey. Well, thank you. Thanks thank so you. much for being here at our event and being part of our it's series. Uh, it was a real pleasure. Good. Thank Thanks. you very much. Did you like today's episode? Subscribe now so next week's episode will be waiting for you on Monday. And if you really like the podcast, please leave a review. Five star reviews go a long way to help get the word out there. And if you're not ready to give a five, check out another episode and see if we've won you over by then. And if you have any feedback or you want us to interview one of your favorite revenue leaders, just email us at reveal at gong.io.